You have been an encouragement to me. You have shown God's goodness. You and I walk as a living house of God. You and I walk as a living house of God. I used to work in construction. And I would go to job sites and I would talk with representatives from firms. And there were some people that I would talk to that did not represent the company they worked for very well. Have you ever met somebody who didn't represent the company very well? I'm not going to name names, but some of them are fast food joints. And, and, and they don't understand. And, and, and the, the owner of the company, on occasion, or the manager of that facility, on occasion, may step in and he goes, no, that's not the way you treat so-and-so. And in the same way the manager trains and teaches employees how to operate is the same way that you and I reflect the goodness of God. When people leave me, do they get a taste of his goodness? Amen. That's not even my sermon. That, that's like bonus. No, you can't go home yet. I'm going to get a talking to. Hallelujah. I'm glad it's water. It's holy water. It's like it's probably disappeared by now. Oh, come on. I don't baptize with it. Hallelujah. This is a house. I want to talk about this is a house of the Spirit. This is a house of the Spirit. I find that now there's, there's three Godhead. In the Godhead, there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I've grown up in church, so I might be making a few generalizations here, but what I have found is I can understand the Father because we have fathers, father figures. I can understand Jesus because I read and, and physically all the stories. I can, but I'll be honest with you, I have struggled in my life sometimes with understanding the Spirit. And sometimes that's natural in the fact that it's normal, but I have found sometimes when you can talk with somebody face-to-face like I am right now, you have a great connection. But if I'm talking to someone I can't see, sometimes that's challenging. That, and and it's not, I'm not talking about sin. I'm just talking about relationship with God. And sometimes we can say, well, I can picture Jesus. He walked on the earth. He had disciples. He rose from the dead. He did amazing things, but he was physical. But then he gave us the Spirit. And not only that, but the Spirit does things differently. Now, he's a good spirit. He's not like a crazy spirit. He's, a, he's the friendly ghost. He's almost, well, he's better than Casper. He's a good spirit. But he's 100% God. So today, I want to actually do a little bit of teaching. We're going to spend two, three, four weeks. I don't know how long, but we're going to spend some time talking about this is a house of the spirit. Next Sunday, we actually have a special thing. We have a young man who grew up in our church for many years who's now in his late 20s, early 30s, 
who God has called to the mission field. And so he's going to be coming here next Sunday. We're going to chat a little bit, and we're going to have an opportunity to share in his uh, going to the mission field. He's going to Japan. And uh, some of you may know him. Some of you may not. But he, I'm just so excited for him. And so next Sunday is going to be a little bit of a, a different. We're still, this is a house, but we're going to be a house of celebration, and we're going to honor this young man as he takes a step, a huge step of faith. He's not going there for a holiday. He's going there to minister. So we're going to, and, and I'm going to ask you to bring your wallets. Okay, I'm waiting for an amen. I'm going to ask you to bring moolah. Money, money, money. I'm going to ask you to ask God, what can I sow into this young man's life, weekly, monthly, or yearly? Because I want to bless him. And by the way, when you give, if you read the scriptures, what you find out is you actually partake in what that giving does. So in other words, you say, well, I'm not going to Japan as this young man, but because I give, I actually am a part of what's happening in Japan. That's biblical. I'm not trying to stress that. Paul actually writes about that and says, listen, some of you can't join us, but as you give, you join us in your giving and you become a part of what's happening. So if you want to have an effect in Japan, you can bring some money, you can bring some commitment, you can pray about about it to God, but I want to bless this young man. So that's next Sunday. But today we're talking about this is a house of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. First of all, I've got a bunch of thoughts about it. First of all, he is a person. Some of the confusion about the Holy Spirit is he's referred to as it. He's not it. It is he. And part of that is actually in some translations, not all, but in a few translations, there's a few verses talking about the Holy Spirit. And one of them goes to the effect of the Spirit itself bears witness. Because the word itself, they had a hard time understanding it. But when you look at it deeper, you find out it's actually the Spirit himself. So the first thing I want us to understand as we talk about the Holy Spirit is he's a person. The person of the Holy Spirit. Have you ever tried to understand, how do I talk to him? Winona and I would talk about it, and, and she would talk to him, and, and she just said, Holy Spirit. I grew up saying, the Holy Spirit. But as I've tried, I've, I've tried it, I'll just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Sometimes you say, well, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to move. No, I'm asking Holy Spirit, move. So sometimes, even in our verbal words, we, we convey something, or we give a thought or an implication. So I want to start by saying he's a person. He's real. Terminology is very important. Teach your children. The Holy Spirit is a person and he's real. Teach your children. He is a person. He's real. So you say, well, what does he sound like? Sometimes he sounds like a husband or a wife. Sometimes you have an inexplicable, unexplainable feeling inside. And you go, now I've had it. I didn't understand it, 
And then afterwards, something happened, and I go, huh, that's what that, I, I used to, I talked to Pastor Nelson about this years ago. In worship, I would sometimes get something, and I didn't know, and I'd walk, and I couldn't stand still. And I talked to Pastor Nelson, and I said, I don't, and he said, well, that's probably the spirit doing something inside you. And I started to recognize it, and then as I have that feeling, I'd say, Holy Spirit, what are you doing? Learn to understand that inexplainable thought or that inkling or that. F- and then if you have it and you don't know what and, and what happens is the more times you do it, you can come up on the stage and you might hear Pastor Nelson or Pastor Sean or Pastor Daniel or, or Pastor Brenda. Pastor, and they might say the Holy Spirit told me God told me. Why can they say that? They say that because they've experienced and they know the voice. They know that urge. They know that thought. They know that inclination. And it's not just for in here, in this house, but it's for you in your world. So he's a person. Sometimes he's a voice. I've had, I think, three instances where I've actually heard a voice speak to me. I can't say I hear it all the time, but I've had it where it was like, whoa, I'm driving by myself, and I heard a voice. And I'm not crazy. Sometimes you might actually hear an audible voice. I'll tell you this. If you hear a voice or if you have an inclination, if it does not line up with what God teaches here, it's not God. I've met people who have struggled in relationships, familial relationships, family relationships, whether it's a husband and wife or whether it's a relationship with a parent or another sibling, and they have said because they felt something that they justified what they wanted to do, but they didn't subject it to the Word of God. And they blame, I say they blame, they use the Holy Spirit to justify what they're doing. God is not going to tell you to cheat. God's not going to tell you to lie. I had Christians telling me, well, you know, I just kind of just said this. No, God is a God of honesty. The Holy Spirit, if he's talking, sometimes he talks to you and he goes, David, and he grabs me by the head. That's the Holy Spirit. That's not a little guy on my shoulder. That's Holy Spirit. He's going to be consistent. He's going to teach you to love. We're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. A couple of things I want to talk about the Holy Spirit is, one of the things is he's got gifts. And they're diverse gifts, and he's given them to each one of us. I believe each one of you has a gift of God, at least one gift, if not multiple gifts, multiple gifts, many gifts. I believe God has gifted you in a particular way that you will do something in the body of Christ that nobody else can do. So there's diversities of gifts, but there's one spirit. That's what the Bible teaches. Then there's actually a passage that talks about the fruit of the spirit. You know, I should actually have things growing outside of me that people can enjoy that is good stuff because of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. And so we're going to talk about that. Because this is a house of the spirit. This is a house where there should be the love, the joy, Long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, meekness, 
That's, that's point number one. He can be grieved. He's a person. He can be grieved. Jesus, it says, when he was praying about taking the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane, it said his spirit was in such agony that he actually had drops of blood. He sweat drops of blood because his spirit. He was the son of God. He had the spirit alive inside of him. But it had agony. Sometimes those feelings we have of, of oh, man, that just, that, 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 that's, oh, it just pulls at me. That's a God's spirit. He's grieving or having agony. He's not dormant. In Genesis 1, verse 2, he's active in creation. It says the spirit of God was moving over the deep. Then if you continue reading in Genesis, the second chapter, when it gives the account of the creation of man and Adam, it says God breathed into him. And if you study the word breathe, you find out pneuma talks about the breath or Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is often referred to breath. The breath that I breathe is the breath of God. So we sing a song, breathe him in. I breathe you in, God. You are there all around. I breathe you in. We're actually saying, that's Holy Spirit. My daughter Olivia is going, Dad, please don't ever try to sing again. He sees. He knows. Psalm 139. Where can I go from your presence? He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Even if you're doing something you shouldn't be doing, he's there. He says, if I go to the depths of hell, you are there. You know me when I rise, when I sit. You know my thoughts afar off. You know the words in my mouth before I even speak them. So if you ever get your tongue tied, just say, Holy Spirit, speak. Oh, I'm having a little bit of fun this morning, just a little bit of fun. I might be just a little tipsy this morning. He's not someone to be contained. Do not think that you can do Holy Spirit 101, a Bible school course, and then you understand everything about Holy Spirit. Instead, enjoy the fact that the more you know about him and the more you know him, the more you're known by him, the more you realize you need to know him He's predictable, and he's unpredictable. Just when you think you've got, uh, sometimes pastors will talk about the moving of the Spirit, and they, they might say, well, you know, I did this. I laid hands this way, and this happened, so it was predictable. So the next time I go to lay hands, and nothing happens. And then I found out, you know what, I didn't lay hands. I just stood there, and somebody fell over. So the next time I just stood there, and nothing happened. He's predictable, and he's unpredictable. Enjoy the predictability. One here's a predict when I, when I say he's predictable. You call on him, he will answer. He's predictable. If I need him, he's near. In fact, he's here. He lives inside of me. 
He's unpredictable in the way that, you know what, I thought to do it this way, but the Holy Spirit led me to do it that way. Now, that sometimes leads to some very interesting conversation because the Spirit can lead people in ways that we want to be led and not necessarily the way the Holy Spirit is leading. And that's why it's important that we learn to hear his voice. One of the best ways you get to hear his voice is you think you hear him and you're not sure. You talk to somebody you honor and respect in God's kingdom and you say, what do you think about this? And if they are a person who is in covenant relationship with you, they will tell you what God speaks to them. The Holy Spirit is not, he's not afraid to have other people join him in the conversation and in the confirmation. He doesn't come up with things on his own. He speaks what God says. And he only reveals what he sees God says. Jesus says, listen, I'm going to send him and he's going to disclose to you the things I've told you. So you don't get new doctrine when you deal with Holy Spirit. You get the doctrine of what this says here. Because he makes this word that is alive become not just alive, but to become fruitful in our life. There are some very interesting talks and discussions about the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I think we've forgotten what he says here. And we build doctrines about something we think happened, and it may have happened. It could have been how God moved, but we build a camp and we stay there. And God says, no, don't try to contain me, in other words, and don't try to hold me back, but just celebrate what I can do because maybe I want to do something else because there's diversities of gifts. There's, there's so many expressions. He's consistent with it. He's all-knowing. He's, which is omniscient. He's all present. He's omnipresent. He's all powerful. He's omnipowerful. He's omnipotent. He does not change. He's eternal. He's good enough yesterday, and he's good enough today, and he's good enough tomorrow. He doesn't need to change because he's already 100% good enough. He's not the one that's changing. I'm the one that's changing as I get to know him more. If he changed, that means he wasn't good enough before. So it's not him that changes. It's me that changes. Now, don't bring that into your marital relationship and say, I'm good enough now. I don't need to change. You're the one that needs. Don't go there in your relationships like that. No, we all need to change. It says moving from glory to glory. So you know what? We need to change, but he does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. But sometimes the way he deals with us changes. Sometimes it's a still, small voice. Sometimes it's a whack across the face. Sometimes I walk through the door, and sometimes I walk into the door. I do it in real life, and I do it in spiritual life. Sometimes I'm holding my phone. I don't see where I'm going, and I trip. Sometimes I do the same in the spirit world. I think I've got figured, God figured out and somebody might give me a pointer and I'm, no, 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 I got this all figured out and then I trip. And I get, okay, I learned something. 
Sometimes he will change the way he talks to us, but he does not change. It's the way we receive it. He's not in competition with Jesus, and he's not in competition with the Father. I serve a God who has no personality complex or issues. He is 100% God, and he's 100% comfortable with who he is, and he's 100% agreeable with each other, Father, Son, and Spirit. He has no, he doesn't go, oh my goodness, Jesus, now I got to do this and this because you did that. No, he's, he's, they're, they're consistent. They're not in comp. Man, these are words that I'm very familiar with. I'm a, I, I didn't think I was competitive till I lost something and then I decided I had to show the little kid how to do it right. Because <laughs> they weren't going to beat me in this. I'm going to beat them. I'm going to stuff that basketball. They can't shoot it over me every single. And, and we're competitive. There, there's, you say you're not competitive. Yes, you are. I've seen what happens when you lose a game. But he's not in competition. You want to read more about the Holy Spirit? Take a look at the book of John and read John 14, 15, 16, and 17. Write that down. That right there is a great leaping point for understanding the Spirit. Write this down. I'm, I'm serious. Write this down. Because some of you are going to leave and you're going to go, Holy Spirit, what... Read John 14, 15, 16, 17. I think there's three or four chapters in there, and there's probably ten different references about the Holy Spirit. Right there is a foundation for understanding Holy Spirit. Right there. And in that passage, what you find out is Jesus shows how he only does things what the Father does, and then he continues and says, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to send you the Spirit. He says, I'm going to pray the Father send you a Spirit. And if you continue reading, and then all of a sudden Jesus says, and I'll send you the Spirit. They're not in competition. They all work together. And they only get better. Jesus told the disciples, listen, it's good for you that I go. How can it be good for him to go? Because he was a physical being, and what he did was he released the Spirit. And the Spirit now dwells in every single one of you and I. So I've got, I've got about three or four points here. I wanna, I've got, and I've got a lot of verses, so if you're taking notes here, I'm going to give you a number of references because this is critical. I think if there's one aspect of understanding God that we struggle with, it's understanding the Spirit. And, and so I want to give you some thought. The Spirit works with the Word. It doesn't work independent. It works with the Word. It says, uh, Galatians 2, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. He says, Christ lives in me, and then later on you'll find out that he says, the Spirit lives in me. He works with the Spirit. He reveals, it says, no one is drawn to God except that the Spirit draws them. But then it also talks about, you know what, it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. And it's the preaching of the word that brings people's souls and people's lives to Christ. They're all working together and they're not concerned about who gets the credit. It says, he saved us. Jesus, washing with the re regeneration of the Holy Spirit to be birthed again, a newness of life. So it talks about how the Spirit works with the Word. 
He comes upon us. In Revelation, John, the apostle and the disciple, is right now. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. The Spirit, there are aspects. This morning in worship, I felt the power and the presence of God. So he does come upon us. In the Old Testament, they didn't have the outpouring of the Holy Spirit like they did after Acts. So in the Old Testament, there were many times where God would come upon or a spirit, the Spirit would come upon an individual and they do this heroic deed, this mighty deed. But then it talks about how the, the prophets and those in the Old Testament look to us with almost a jealousy. Why? Because they would experience God in certain ways, but we get to experience God all the time because not only is he upon us, but he lives in us. Some of these things, it's like he's in me, he's on me, he's beside me, he's behind me, he's before me, he's around me. I mean, he's pretty good. It says in, in 1 Corinthians 3, 16. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. There's a 3, 16 for you, Brad. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. We are the temple of God. We are a temple of God. The Spirit dwells within us. That's what it says. When you accept Christ, and I'll show you this, the Spirit comes and He dwells inside of you. In Ezekiel, in the Old Testament, looking forward, like I said earlier, the prophetic people in the Old Testament, sometimes they would look ahead beyond Christ. They'd see what Christ would do, and they'd see the life after Christ, beyond Christ, and they would speak prophetically, and they would speak, and it says in the Bible that they'd look with jealousy at as what we were having. And it says in Ezekiel, I'll put a new spirit within you and then if you continue reading in, in chapter 36 verses 26 and 27 he says I will put my spirit within you the Holy Spirit is 100% God now listen to this and he's 100% inside of you I, I like math I can't figure this out. The infinite lives in the finite. I can't figure that out. But the one who is uncontrollable, unexplainable, uncomprehensible, magnificent, beautiful, spoke creation into existence, was there and breathed over creation, that one lives inside of me. In Romans 8, it says, if the same Spirit, Romans 8, 11, dwells in you, that raised Christ from the, spirit, uh, from the dead, if he dwells in you, he shall quicken your mortal bodies. Expect a lively body. Because you have the Spirit that goes beyond the physical living inside of you. I don't know about you, but I'm so thankful for Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful that Jesus says, you know what? I, 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 if I was probably one of the disciples, I, I'd be honest with you, I would have struggled with him saying, you know what? It's good that I leave you. 
I mean, we got a good thing going here, Jesus. You know, I need something, you bring it. I'm hungry, you multiply it. I lack, you put a a money in the fish mouth. We got something good going here. You don't need to leave. He says, no, it's good for you to leave because if I leave, then I can release the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians 12, verse 13. I'm, I'm doing a little Bible school teaching here this morning because I want us to understand the beauty, the mystery, the glory of Holy Spirit. He's good. And he lives in you. Pat yourself like this. Not too hard that you cough, but just pat and just say, he lives in me. He lives in me. He lives in me. Second Timothy 1, verse 14, Paul writing to Timothy, he talks to him about guarding the treasure that was put in us through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us. Here's a thought I had as I was writing this. Jesus was called and referred to as Emmanuel. God with us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. That's, I'll be honest with you, better than just being with. Jesus was God with us. The Holy Spirit is God in us. He's in you. Mm. This week, take some time. I, we've, we've been talking about Jesus, but take some time this morning. One of, the, one of the disciplines I try, and I don't always get it right, because one of the things I do is I, first of all, I go and grab my phone, I unlock it, and I check what's happening on Facebook. Add a step before that. And before you grab your phone, when you wake up, Say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Can I have anybody that says, you know what, I'm going to try to do that the next six days. Okay? And you know what, I'm not going to ask you next Sunday. Well, maybe I will, but you don't have to tell me. But try to bring him more alive into your life. And the way you do that is you welcome him, you recognize him. And one of the simplest ways you could do that is to say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Now, if you speak in tongues, and many of you may, take time to speak in tongues because that's your spirit talking with his spirit. That's that's a language. If you say, I don't speak in tongues, then ask God to fill you with that. Okay? He can do that. Okay? It doesn't... I'm not here to talk about grades of believers and a person who's filled with the Spirit is up here in person or speaking in tongues. I'm not. It's a gift from God. Ask him for that. And it's a gift that is so beautiful because it's like your own language talking with God. So this week, a very simple challenge and a very simple thing is the first thing you do before your feet 
touch the floor, you say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Amen. Your game? Your game? And if you do that, do not be surprised if he says good morning back to you. He might even tell you a joke. Come on. He's funny. He's got all the dad jokes. He's got the Holy Spirit jokes. He's good. He might actually speak to you throughout the day. Because what you've done is you've opened the door and you said, you know what, I'm going to be intentional today to try to be more communicating with you, God. So Holy Spirit, good morning. Welcome to my day. And then he might actually speak to you throughout the day. And what I would love to hear is a testimony of what God, Holy Spirit, talked with to you about during the week. Amen? So if something happens, write it down. Don't have to tell me the color of the shirt unless God told you the color of the shirt. But if God speaks to you a real simple way, a way that you might overlook, but it's God and, it, and he, just, he just blesses you and he goes, you know what? I care about those things. Because he's in you. He's with you. He's on you. He's beside you. He's behind you. He's before you. He's smarter than you. Might as well bring him into the conversation. Amen? Can you stand? And I'm going to ask you to open your hands as a very simple expression of receptivity. The, I'm not trying to do something crazy, but, but, but just to open your, like physically to open yourself to receive. Okay? Holy Spirit, as I say this, I'm going to ask you to do a little sparkle job inside of people. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And Holy Spirit, good morning. Amen? Tell him right now, it's still morning. I didn't preach that long. Say, good morning, Holy Spirit. Amen? Say that. Come on. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good talking with you. Keep talking. Amen. God bless you. Let somebody know that they're amazing. Amen.